Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Hey, hey, hey. Happy Friday. What's going on, world? Welcome to Let's Cast. Hey, T. Hey, Lise. And just a little reminder, it's Thursday. <laughs> oh, no. You mean I got one more day? One more day, girl. Just one more day. Sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. Y'all know Lee should be wishing every day was Friday. Friday. <laughs> Y'all know she ain't lying. I've been thinking everything is Friday. I'm like, it's a Friday yet. Mm-hmm. Friday yet. <laughs> and it we just be Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> I know, right? I am Miss Alicia. You know I got my right hand, and most of the time she is my left. The fabulous Miss Tony, honey, we are talking that talk day, y'all. We got two fabulous ladies on here. It's about to go down. Make sure y'all have y'all pencils and paper, y'all little red cups, and y'all fuzzy slippers, because we about to have some straight girl talk. Mm, yeah, I know how we love to go that route. I can't wait to get these these ladies into the chat room. And uh, least just the way you are, hmm, what an interesting topic because, you know, that can go one of many ways. So which way did you mean it tonight? Internally. Mm. You have to mm-hmm. love yourself just the way you are. And this is the thing. When you accept who you are and you're okay with that, Everything mm-hmm. else falls in line. You know what I'm saying? 
like when you have a even when you have a man, he has to be able to accept who you are and appreciate your strength in order mm-hmm. to need you. Because if he doesn't understand you and he doesn't appreciate you, he can't lead you. But if you don't understand and appreciate yourself, ain't nothing he can do no way. Hmm. Okay. That's uh. That's so gotta, that's definitely gotta, gotta love to hear how, hear what our ladies have to say about that. But y'all know me and Alicia, we just get right into the show. Like we don't have new guests in our chat room, so we apologize. We act like we was just here a minute ago. But welcome to Let's Chat, and just to give you guys an overview <laughs> of what we do here on Let's Chat, because you know we do so much. We try to do do things that are important to our community, to our lives, and and just to just just to bring awareness to so many issues that affect us in our world today. But among that, we also love celebrating literature, but we are just not, you know, lovers of literature. We are lovers of life in all arts and walks of life. So we love to to share it with our listening audience so they can interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. We get to hear the passion. And and from that intro, y'all know it's going to get passionate up here in the the chat room this evening and talking about the the, the way we are led and the way we are loved internally as well as externally. So you guys sit back, get your cups and uh, your pens and paper ready because we definitely don't discriminate about them red cups unless you want to change up the color. What color will it be this Thursday slash Friday, Alicia's Friday? So sit back. Hope you guys are ready for this show. But um, but but it sounds like it's something we have discussed, you know, extremely intense on the show, Leash, as far as 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 the way women are led, and and in some instances and in some cases, women mm-hmm. are leaders in and among themselves. But first, you got to know yourself, like you said, internally. So your strength does come from within. And sometimes you just have to get that little bit of reinforcement to help build up that strength. Absolutely. I think that, you know, it's just we talk about it because it seems to still be a problem. Like we're doing Mm -hmm. things to, I'm going to say we're doing things without setting proper expectations for ourselves and other people. I think that it's very important to, be able to be emotionally free. And what I mean by emotionally free, when you, this was on our, the our Red Table Talk with um, Jada Pickett-Smith, and what she said was, when you look for your family, your friends, your husband, whomever, when you look for them to be the reason that you become happy, mm-hmm. that's a problem. You know what I'm saying? You have to be emotionally free. That means that you don't look for anybody else to make you happy. You know all of that starts with you. And that frees them up from the expectation that they got to jump through hoops to please you. You know what I'm saying? In the, in the, in the event to try and make you happy when happiness is not something that somebody else can give you. That's an internal thing. That's a you thing. That has nothing to do with nobody else. But I think that a lot of times, being the way that we're programmed as women, we're told Mm -hmm. that being selfish is wrong. 
because you got to be a mother, you got to be a wife. You have to give to everybody else and not give. That's why when we get sick, it's man down. The whole house is like, wait a minute, something going on. And it's like you have to stop and do for you. You have to. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's okay to be selfish. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with walking in the house and saying, I'm not cooking today. That's okay. They 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 know how to fend for themselves. But you have to be able to love on yourself and take care of yourself because if you don't, nobody else will. Uh-huh. That's true. It's definitely true when a woman is down, the whole household it just erupted and interrupted as well. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's an emergency at that point. It's like, hold on. Okay, so what we got to do to get her back on her feet? Because <laughs> this just can't happen. And quick. This just can't happen. Right, we need her on her feet quick. Uh-uh. I'm going to need you to stop coming in here with these germs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody get their emotion in. Everybody gets to work and like, uh-uh. We got to get her up on her feet. Uh-uh. We got to make sure that this don't happen again. Because it's like... <laughs> They get lost when you can't, when you down and you're not able to do it. It's like the whole house falling apart. I know that's right. And also, you know, Lise, not just the house, but some some of us, some women have these positions at work, whereas, and it just actually happened today because I, I had to take off to take care of some things, a baby girl. But it's like the no one can operate. I got calls, I got texts, I got emails and, and all sorts of whatnot just to to make someone else's day go by, you know, the way it should be. And sometimes that can be overwhelming. So it's not even just your mm-hmm. household. It could be your workplace, whereas, you know, you can't even take – how many times do I take a day off? And I've been out in the streets all day with, with baby girl, but I still have to check things for my job to make sure that that runs well. So there's so many things on a woman's plate that it could it could just overflow and just 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 be so much at some at one point. Absolutely. And with that, you know, when you're stressed, that affects your health. You know what I'm saying? And then oh, you yeah. you're running, you don't have time to go to the doctor. You don't have time. And you know, Doctor Blubo, you know, hey. Y'all better act like y'all don't call up Dr. Google when uh, stuff be happening because you don't want to take time <laughs> off or stuff that you're doing to go to the doctor because Dr. Google is on my feed. Y'all. I'd be like, let me see what Dr. Google says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. That's right. I know you're not alone, Leash. A lot of people be doing the self-diagnosing. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And I think that, and I say this all the time. You know, and Tony always disagrees with me sometimes, but most of the time. <laughs> but I think that nowadays everybody is in a hurry to do things just because. Just because is a good idea. They ain't prepared. They ain't. They don't have no good idea or or understanding of what it is they're doing. They just want to have a baby just because. They want to get married just because. Oh, I'm going to be a wife like this. And I'm, girl, no, you're not. You're going to do that for about 30 days. And then you're going to be like, look, because it's so easy, like T was saying, to get overwhelmed and get lost in someone else's world. And it's so easy Mm -hmm. for someone else to sell you their dreams. 
That's the easiest thing to do. Your kids sell you mm-hmm. their dreams. Your husband sell you their dreams. Everybody got a dream to sell you, and you all in, pushing, pushing, pushing. But the mm-hmm. thing is, where are your dreams? You know what I'm saying? What are you what are you looking to do for yourself? What are your, What is your vision for yourself? Everybody else is going to have a vision. But if you don't have a vision for yourself and you get lost in their world, that's, that's a bad thing. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Just getting lost in someone else's world. I, I've gotten lost in people's world. And when you get lost in other people's world, you tend to lose yourself in the process. And a lot of women, a lot of wives, tend to lose themselves wrapped up in someone else's world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and said sometimes, it. You know, <laughs> I know. Sometimes you, those dreams that you speak of that, that come from all different directions that you can make your life a living nightmare sometimes because you are trying to fulfill those dreams of others and you, like you say, you get lost in the sauce, whereas you have no dreams. You only have nightmares trying to, to, to make everyone else around you happy. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I kind of, I always start, I started saying this thing, like, I'm just not wife material. To me, no offense to all you wives out there, but I think that there's a difference between a wife and a life partner. I think that a wife is limited. Like you, you have you're limited to other people. You see what I'm saying? When I don't know when you have when you have you and you're looking to make sure whatever you do um, for your husband is good, and he's looking to make sure everything he does for you is good. That's a partnership. That is absolutely mm-hmm. a partnership. You guys are working together to make sure everybody's world is balanced out. I think a lot of times as a wife, you don't have balance. Not every wife, but a lot of times there's no balance because you're just lost, because there's nobody balancing you. And I think that just as a wife is such a limited a limited parameter around you. You know what I'm saying? Opposed to a partnership, it's like we, what do you want to do? What you, what you want to do? How you want to do it? Let's go. I think it, mm-hmm. as in marriage, there's so many different levels, and I think that when people step into it, they only see that one level, and they don't know that there are other levels. It's, it's so many different levels to it. Just, just getting Natalie. married. Is, that's just one step. Natalie, you know, and I, you and I, we always be going head to head on this marriage thing. <laughs> Now, you know I'm going to have to disagree on those limitations. (laughs) But that's what keeps it interesting because you have so many different perspectives coming, you know. you and uh, and Mr. Tony, we don't call it Mr. Tony. (laughs) I see that as a partnership. You know what I'm saying? Y'all go beyond just a well-oiled machine. You see what I'm saying? Uh That's an absolute Uh partnership. And I think that mm-hmm. in order for a marriage to last more than seven years, because, you know, everything is a seven-year itch, you mm-hmm. got to have partnership abilities. They gotta be, it's got to be a partnership. It's got to go from marriage. I think that a lot of times we get just lost. 
in the idea mm-hmm. of being married, lost in the idea of walking down the aisle, lost in the idea of having a ring, lost in the idea of having children. I mean, kids are great. There's levels to that, too. You know what I'm saying? We get so lost in the idea of doing things that we don't take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I still have to. I have to defend the matrimony of marriage because I got. I got to put. I have to put. No, I have to. I have to put this disclaimer out there that those that do have limitations or do feel that they are limited because of the sanctity of marriage, that is something on them. You know, that is something on, that's a personal thing. But the idea and the, and the concept and the, and the beauty of marriage should have no limitations on either side. You know, if you feel that you have the desire to do something, as the partnership, if the partnership is as strong as it should be, or even if it's in its infancy, you still have the right to have that, that, that desire to do something outside of, of the marriage because you can't just be stifled by a ring on your hand, on your finger. You have to be able to expand, and the only way, and sometimes that makes the marriage even stronger because you have other things or other entities outside of the marriage, and when you do come together, those are things that you can bring together or to bring some freshness to it. But the idea of, of being limited because you are married or as a woman in a, in a marriage, I, I, I tend to dis- I have to disagree with that. But, you know, that's the beauty of, of having two voices or having many voices because you see and experiences different perspectives on certain topics. And um, I just want, and, and, and in reply to that, you know, my pastor had said, and I think I touched on this last week and I couldn't find that quote, but my pastor had said, um, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, you have to, and I quote, you have to be careful not to build a psychology on someone else's failure because that is how they feel. And sometimes when you bring your perspective into any type of relationship or any type of situation, you have to be mindful that it's that that's that is that's your opinion and this is my opinion and everybody has their own opinion. But you have to be yeah, mindful to not just preach one aspect of any given situation, and and that's just, you know, my point of view. I would love to hear how I guess feel about it or even how our listeners feel about it. You know, Absolutely. weigh in. Press, press that number one and let us know your take on it. Absolutely. And I definitely, again, I feel like the, when you think of the concept of marriage, that is a, that is a partnership. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. when I say limited, I mean if you don't go and get your physical, Somebody is saying, did you did you do your did you set your physical up? You run around here for the kids. Did you do what you're supposed to do? Opposed to you making sure that everybody else got their physical, but you done forgot yours. You see what I'm saying? In a partnership, mm-hmm. there's somebody else saying, uh uh-uh, uh, yeah, I, I made my appointment. Remember, but you need to make yours. You need to take care mm-hmm. of you. Are you sitting down? Are you doing what you're supposed to do for you? Because you can't do nothing for us if you laid out. You see what I'm saying? Somebody that is. Um, that's a partnership, and that's my opinion. That is a partnership, and a lot of times I just feel like we get lost in other people's mm-hmm. worlds, and we forget about us mentally, physically, emotionally, and um, I think it comes from our programming. But we got our first fabulous guest in the chat room. I'm interested to 
to hear her perspective on just um, how we mentally uh, don't take care of ourselves. You know, we sometimes mm-hmm. we physically don't take care of ourselves, and sometimes we spiritually don't take care of ourselves. And, and the results of that is that um, the people around us feel that effect. You That's know, the true. people around us have to have to deal with outcomes. So we have our first fabulous guest, Dr. Marquette okay. Smith Blaze. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Hi, Dr. Smith Blaze. So how should we how should we address you tonight this evening? We want to be respectful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dr. Marquita or Dr. Blaze is fine. Okay. Well, welcome to Absolutely. the chat room. We so appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. So I mean, you gotta tell us. Okay, what kind of doctor are you, and how did you go from doctor? author like what was going on in your world that made you feel like you needed to sit down and pen a book um, of empowerment well I am a doctor of education in instructional leadership so I was a classroom teacher for 16 years and about 12 or 13 of those summers I spent uh, working for educational programs around the country managing other educators as well as um, a full conference full of students. So I've known for a long time that I wanted to write, and I've dabbled in writing for a while. I just uh, shied away from the publishing process because, honestly, I didn't take the time to learn what was entailed in it. And so I just kind of kept telling myself, um, that it might be too difficult or that um, I was not the person to do it. I was waiting for someone to um, invite me into the publishing space, not realizing that it was completely up to me. But in 2016, I was forced to resign from teaching because my physical condition had reached such a horrible state that I was just unable of going into the classroom and um, delivering in excellence as I had done in previous years. And so once I resigned and I started working full-time as an independent education consultant, all of the mentors and coaches that I worked with said, you need to write a book, you need to write a book, you need to write a book. And um, there were a couple of barriers to that, the first one being my physical limitations. So um, it just, it was a lot of work to get done and I wasn't healthy enough to do it. So I was introduced to the concept of being a part of someone else's anthology. And once I did uh-huh. that and submitted a chapter to, to her book, then it showed me that it wasn't as uh, mysterious as a process as I made it out to be. And then that inspired me to then be the lead author on anthologies of my own, and so that's how I entered the publishing space. Mm. Quite a that's journey. And I'm yeah, glad and I left out a lot. <laughs> I'm glad that you brought up the concept of an anthology because so many authors, they don't understand anthologies. So can you touch a little bit on it, like the, the pros and cons of being able to um, write an anthology and what it actually did for you. 
Okay, so I'll give the uh, perspective from first being a co-author on an anthology and then to being the lead or what is sometimes called the visionary author. So for me, I had a book idea in my head, and I actually shared it with people when I first started uh, consulting. Um, it's called It was called The Mediocre Teacher. And the whole premise behind The Mediocre Teacher was exactly what I had gone through as I battled a chronic illness and still trying to teach full time, which was basically some days I was stellar, the, the, you know, on the days that I was not in pain and I felt physically healthy, mentally healthy to go into the classroom and teach to my full capability. And then some days I was barely able to make it into the classroom and just kind of struggle through the day. And so I found myself in a state of mediocrity where, you know, you never knew what you were going to get. Sometimes you come in my room and I'm like swinging from the ceilings. And then the other times you come in and you would have to kind of look around and be like, where's the teacher? Because I'd be sitting down in a desk amongst the kids just, doing the best I could do to kind of survive as they did whatever work I assigned them. And so people told me, oh, that's a negative message, and you don't want to share that, and, oh, that's, you know. And so I did kind of shy away from it a little bit, but another educator was doing a project called The Whole Truth and Nothing But the Truth, So Help Me Teachers, and she was calling for real stories of the highs and lows of being an educator, and I thought, well, that's a perfect fit for telling the mediocre teacher. And, you know, it won't have that title. And so, you know, maybe I can kind of do it that way and get my feet wet. So from a co-author's mm -hmm. perspective, writing an anthology, which is simply a collection of stories from various authors, depending on how many you want to have, but they're all related to one topic. And doing it from that perspective definitely gets you the title of being a published author. You know the book is going to come out on time. You're not just relying on yourself to get it done. You have several other people who are contributing, so it makes it easier to reach the goal. But the downside to being a co-author is that um, that visionary's name is the one that's on the cover of the book. So when the book comes out, people don't know you're in it unless you um, are heavily marketing and promoting yourself for being in it. And now on the flip side, when you do an anthology as the lead author, or as the visionary, you get the same benefits of knowing that you don't have to do all the work by yourself, but um, you also get the added benefit of now your name is the one on the cover and you are the one uh, credited project. So when the book is listed on um, online retailers or wherever you're going to sell it, it's your name that it's listed under. And so for me, those were the two major um, differences. But I think the benefits um, are pretty much the same. And if you're okay with your name not being on the cover, then um, it's just a different path to the same outcome. Mm -hmm. yeah. Those are two great. This is Tony, um, Dr. Blaze. We're going to try to let you know who you're talking to because we've been told we sound so much alike. But those are okay. two very important important facts as far as the pros and cons because, you know, with those, with both the pros and cons, you, you kind of, you know, are relieved of some time, some pressure because authors do experience pressure, whether they're um, part of an anthology or or as a solo 
Uh-huh. You know, it can be scary when you're uh, putting your story out there. Like the idea of writing a book and being an author is sometimes romanticized because in your mind, it's, you know, I'm going to write this story and people are going to read it and mm-hmm. people are going to tell me how great it is. But then you also have some anxiety of thinking, well, what if nobody oh, yeah. thinks it's as wonderful as I think it is? Exactly. And so, yeah, when you do the anthology, it definitely takes a lot of the pressure off of you. You know that you have, you know, you're sharing the load with several other people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's so true. And uh, this is still Tony, Dr. Blaze. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your radio show? Yes. So um, the Dr. Marquita Blaze show, I started the show after being a guest on someone else's radio show and realizing that it was something that I had considered years ago and then I just dismissed the thought. So y'all can see a pattern here of me wanting to do stuff and then talking myself out of it. <laughs> but um, after, after I resigned from teaching, again, I was just kind of forced into following these dreams because at that point, all of my stability was gone. That regular monthly paycheck, that weekly routine, that annual routine of knowing school starts on this date and it gets out on that date and during the breaks, I'm going to travel here, I'm going to do that. But once that was gone, I had to completely reinvent myself. And so after appearing on someone else's talk show, I realized that it was something that I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to keep the connection to education. So the Dr. Marquita Blade show started in May of 2017, and it was devoted strictly to discussing topics um, involving education in some form, whether it's current events or just interviewing different practitioners about their contributions to education. Um, And sometimes we have little one-off topics, but I still try to tie it back to education somehow. Um, but that's basically the premise of the show. Mm. Absolutely. Now, the book itself is called Girl uh, Girlfriend Code, right? That is my latest book, yes, The Girlfriend Code, Volume 1. So what what can we expect from that, that book? And is that an anthology as well? It is an anthology. Um, so The Girlfriend Code, Volume 1, is a collection of 14 stories. Um, and I am not the only visionary author on that project. There are two other visionary authors. And in addition to that, we had um, 11 other ladies join us as co-authors. And so it's a collection of 14 stories of women basically discussing how we approach our girlfriend relationship. We are telling some of the hardships that we may have had with our girlfriends from different perspectives, such as finances or from myself dealing with a chronic illness and how that impacted my ability to have friends and be a friend. Also, um, someone wrote about what it was like being – High, uh, a high-functioning, depressed person and the friends not knowing it because she hid it well. Others talk about oh. girlfriends being seasonal. So uh, how do you know when a relationship is 
for just a season or if that girlfriend is there for a lifetime. And so we all share um, different perspectives on what it means to be a good girlfriend and what are some of the things that have impacted our abilities to be girlfriends. Absolutely. Now you have your radio show, which that requires a lot. You have your books as a publisher or a published author. That requires a lot. How do you balance the two? Well, I know. I have my books. I have my show. The Girlfriend Code Volume 1, it did start as one book, but now we are actually a full publishing house. Volume 2 will be coming out next month, and we have ladies lined up to write Volume 3. So once we saw the demand for Volume 1, we realized well, this is something that can really benefit women, and a lot of women were responding so well to it that we didn't see any reason why we should just make it one book and walk away. So we really wanted to meet that demand. Uh, we know that if we didn't meet the demand, women would possibly seek the opportunity somewhere else, but they may not get the same experience that we could provide. And so we decided we would step up and meet the demand. And so you're right, author, talk show host, publisher, I'm also um, an education consultant, so I do still travel around the country speaking to and training teachers on effective classroom instruction. And I don't really know exactly how I balance it all. I know that I have a crazy planner. I write everything down in my planner. Um, I know that I rest when I need to rest because um, let's not forget I'm still dealing with a chronic illness, um, which Honestly, it it has slowed me down a lot. And people say, well, I don't know how you're doing that much uh, if you're sick a lot of the time. But I, I tell people, so just imagine what I would be doing if I were 100% healthy. Um, but the main thing I, I try to do to balance it all is just to uh, realize my limitations. So I know that I am working at somewhat of a deficit sometimes when it comes to my health. And so on my good days, I do as much as I can. And on my bad days, I listen to my body. I sleep when I need to sleep. I will cancel engagements if I need to cancel engagements. I don't go out um, a lot to leisure anymore. I try to save that for when I'm on vacation, and that's when I really have my leisure time. So when I'm home, I really try to preserve my energy so that I can be productive in my business ventures so that I can serve the people that I know I have been called to serve, and then I leave play for another time. So definitely there are sacrifices that have to be made so that I can meet all of my obligations. Mm, that's powerful, um, Dr. Blaze. This is Tony again. You know, that, that kind of leads into uh, Leisha and I topic tonight, just the way you are. And um, I just want to know, with so much on your plate and such a, a, a enriched journey that you have, have embarked upon, what has been the, the biggest virtue of you yourself that you have found out about yourself being just the way you are and having um, accomplished all that you have at, to this point? Oh, my, the biggest virtue is just um, I am so grateful for every little thing. 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I will reach out to people who um, have kind of been there since, not even since the beginning of the journey, but before I even knew that there was a journey. Like, I didn't know that I was on a particular path. I know that there were times in my life where I said, I want more. I want to be this. I want to do that. But wanting to do something and then um, taking the steps to do it are two completely different things. So even though I was teaching and saying, one day I want to be a published author and one day I want to be a nationally known uh, speaker and train other teachers around the country. But I wasn't mm-hmm. doing any research to figure out how to do it. I wasn't talking to people. I wasn't um, trying to get them in. I wasn't doing anything. It was just something I wanted to do. So I didn't know that everything I was doing leading up to it was a part of the journey. I didn't realize that it was a journey until things started happening and I started reflecting and I started realizing, mm-hmm. oh, well, that year when I experienced this thing, that was setting me up for this. And that time mm-hmm. when I lost that thing, that was really the preparation for what was going to happen yes. over here. And so I mm-hmm. have, I just have so much uh, gratefulness, and, and I'm just thankful for everything that has happened along the way, for every no that I got years ago not realizing that had that no been a yes, I couldn't have landed where I am now. And so sometimes I'll reach back out to people and I'll say, oh, I just want to thank you so much because that opportunity you gave me 10 years ago when I learned how to do X, Y, Z, and now that I'm out here traveling and speaking, I realize that's a skill I use all the time and I wouldn't have that if it weren't for you. And people are like, you remember that? And you think, and I'm like, yeah, I remember (laughs) everything that anyone has ever done for me. And so Mm-hmm. I just think being grateful is, is the biggest thing and just not taking for granted um, all the little steps that happen along the way. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's that's powerful. And with that also being said, this is still Tony, uh, Dr. Blaze. Have you experienced any major challenges along that journey? Um, yeah, I think the biggest one is uh, still my health, because mm-hmm. in spite of a lot of changes that I've made, um, things happen. And so um, I don't think I, I named my, my illness earlier, but I was diagnosed with lupus 10 years ago. And um, I do my best to keep it as much under control as possible. But this year, uh, in particular, I feel like um, I was just hit with so many things. Well, 2018, not not this year, 2018. Um, Uh Tragedy struck my family. My brother passed away suddenly. um, And then as a result of that, I I didn't continue with some of my self-care and some of my wellness. And then I ended up sick with a, a septic bacterial infection. And, um, you know, just to be quite frank, most people will die from sepsis. And right. with me having a compromised immune system, and um, I was hospitalized for 10 days and had to fight through that. And then, you know, just couldn't work. It was just compounded. And, and I kind of started feeling like, okay, why is this happening to me? And maybe I'm not supposed to be out here doing all of this stuff. Maybe I'm supposed to just 
uh, resign from teaching and just deal with the lupus. And maybe I'm not supposed to try to have an alternative career. And so you start having all these mm-hmm. different thoughts and you start That's doubting yourself cool. and, and yeah. questioning. So I would say uh, my health still has been the biggest challenge because my body mm-hmm. can't differentiate between good stress or bad stress. When my adrenaline is high, my mm-hmm. lupus flares up. And it could my adrenaline can be high because I'm happy. Like when the Girlfriend Code Volume 1 came out and we hit bestseller within the first 24 hours, I got so excited that it sent me into a pain crisis. Mm. Oh. But had the book wow. not done well and had I got upset, it still would have sent me into a pain crisis. It's like I can't get too sad and I can't get too happy. My body's going <laughs> to respond the mm-hmm. same way in either situation. And so sometimes um, it prevents me from fully living in the moment sometimes like I want to because I have to always be thinking about if I respond this way, what is my body going to do? And if I respond that way, what is my body going to do? And sometimes I just mm-hmm. have to be numb to even the good things that happen to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, I don't know if you were listening. This is Leisha. I don't know if you were listening to the beginning of the show, but we did talk about how it's so easy to lose yourself um, in just the things around you. As an educator, as a um, author, a publisher, a, a mother, if you have children, or a wife, if you have a husband, how or what things would you tell women? Um, what kind of jewels would you drop on them to help keep themselves from getting just so wrapped up in the things around them? Um, I would tell women to manage people's expectations of you. Cool. Okay. And this is something, y'all, that it took me a while because I was such a high achiever prior to my health declining. And people could count on me for anything. People could call me and ask me to literally be anywhere, do anything, and the answer was always yes, and I could always deliver. And once my health started to decline, I did not want to be that person who couldn't live up, who couldn't be counted on, who couldn't be called on, you know, for whatever. But as time has worn on and life has shown me that Mm -hmm. you just, it's just physically impossible to do it all. So now I've become very vocal about what I can and can't do. And I do manage people's expectations. And I let people know, look, if I'm going to ride in the car with you, you can't have the air conditioner on because it makes me hurt. Or, oh, we're going to a music festival? Well, I'm going to bring my lawn chair and I'm going to sit down while y'all walk around because I can't walk around for longer than X amount of time. Or, um, oh, you want me to meet you in Florida? Okay, but I'm bringing my mom with me because I know I'm going to need assistance. And unless you plan on helping me do everything, I need somebody to help me. So I just put it out there for people and I just Mm -hmm. let them know, like, this is not that easy for me. And so when you're asking me to do something, understand that this is a time frame or I'm probably going to show up with my mom or show up with my husband 
or whatever, but I just let people know so that I can manage their expectations of me. This is how much I have to give, and this is how much of it you can get. And if you're okay with that, I'll give it to you. And if you're not, you need to find somebody else. I know that's right. I love it. You don't even have to be sick to have those hold those those things in in check. You really don't. Like everybody needs to set those boundaries. (laughs) No, that could be our everyday thing. But but that's true. Sometimes all folks need is boundaries. Mm -hmm. I mean. You'll start losing weight. Your edges start coming back. All folks need sometimes to be set boundaries. Yes. I'm just saying, you notice when you start, look, look, y'all know when you start setting boundaries for other people and you just kind of start just just looking after you more, things just start looking a whole lot different. Start changing up. You're like, oh. I got some. I got some good friends last night because sometimes it's just the boundaries are needed to be set. Like, look, let me tell you, this is what it is. And like she said, you, you, you can, are you okay with that? Okay, we can go. If not, well, then I don't. I don't know. You're gonna have to find somebody else to do that. That's like the <laughs> y'all. It's so funny. <laughs> I just um, came on staff with a nonprofit organization, and we have a Sunday night conference call. And it's hilarious because they have it at 9 p.m. on Sunday, but everybody knows I'm in bed by 7.45, 8.15 at the latest. I'm in the bed. And so they always say when they get on the call, y'all, look, we need to talk through this quick because you know Dr. Blaze on, it's past her bedtime. She got to go to sleep. And it, it's just so funny because every single person knows that about me because I, I'm not shy about it. I let them know. Look, how much longer are we going to be talking, y'all, because I got to go to bed. <laughs> I know that's right. But, Dr. Blaze, I have a question for you. But before I ask that, I got to make sure I heard Leash right. Did you say, girl, that the edges start growing back? <laughs> she said. <laughs> I'm just saying, honey. You put some, you put some boundaries on some posts. You just edges start growing. You start dropping pounds. You start feeling much better, like man. Right, skin, skin all clear and everything. You got a whole reformation. Yes, a whole reformation. All you did was apply a boundary. Like, look, look here. This is how this must go. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness! I just had to make sure my earphones was in right. Because I think as women, we make too many allowances for other people. We do. We make entirely mm-hmm. too many allowances. Everybody, we make allowances for your our husbands, our kids, our friends. Uh, the, our, our our family members, like we make too many allowances for other people, and that's mm-hmm. just sometimes it's just too much. Sometimes you can't make allowances. You got to say, look, this is what this is. I'm not gonna be able to do that. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. It's, and be okay. the marriage is growing. <laughs> right, get the marriage going, and you be okay in it. Just be okay in it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 
<laughs> at least you know I can go on a tangent when I get going. But, <laughs> but Dr. Blaze, can you tell us a little bit about your nonprofit on today? Uh, the one that I just mentioned? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so it's not my organization, but I um, just started working um, on the staff of Black Educators Rock. It started out as a Facebook group that grew swiftly to over 150,000 members. And so the founders of that group then um, decided to start a nonprofit organization. And so Black Educators Rock is a professional development organization aimed at improving education across the nation, specifically for students of color. And so um, this past summer, I spoke at the conference and was connected via a colleague to the CEO of Black Educators Rock, Dr. Melissa Nolan Chester. And through that connection, mm-hmm. I have since joined her staff, and I've been working uh, with the nonprofit to assist with some of their initiatives um, that they are looking to roll out. So y'all be on the lookout for Black Educators Rock. It is quickly growing and uh, we will be the number one professional development organization in the nation. Absolutely. You better put put that thing on out there. That's right. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So I have a question. You have, you're working with the nonprofit. You have your own consulting company. You have your publishing company. You're an author. You have all these things going on. If we were to sit here and talk to you in 2020, what are some of the things we would be talking about at that time? Ooh, in 2020. So in 2020, I will be living um, abroad at least Mm -hmm. half of the year. That's something that my husband and I are currently working on. Uh, So I didn't mention that I also – work with my husband's real estate business. I assist with that. And so uh, one of the things that we are doing is to expand first his business abroad. And then by the time we do that as well, I should be opening the doors to my international STEM academy as well. Um, It's been a long time goal of mine to have my own school. And now that I'm doing what I'm currently doing, I realize that it is completely realistic and that it will happen in probably a lot sooner than, than what I had anticipated. Mm-hmm. You better come through with that partnership, CC partnership. That's a partnership. You better come on through with that. I know that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Um, my husband and I do a lot of work together. So I support his business. And likewise, um, when I'm traveling, a lot of the time, he will travel with me, support me when I'm conducting my business. Mm-hmm. And Working we have a book coming out this year as well, too. It's called The Power of Two Tips for couples in business. And so we're just going to be sharing um, how we are able to work together, each one of us having our own businesses and totally separate industries, 
but also then how do we use our individual expertise to support each other's businesses, and then how do we work together in each of our businesses? And we're going to be um, sharing our advice for other couples who who are either um, both entrepreneurs and have separate businesses or if they have businesses together, as well as the couple who one is an entrepreneur and the other one um, is not. Because if you don't, if you still don't understand the entrepreneurial mindset, it's hard for uh-huh. one person to, to be an entrepreneur and the other one is not. It's hard to get the level Absolutely. of support that's required mm-hmm. if you don't really understand the mindset. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you better totally come on to me, be in those uh, relationship goals. <laughs> <Girl>. <laughs> but, I mean, but that's what's needed. I think that there is so many, especially with social media on the rise, you have so many people, men, telling women how to be women, women telling men how to be men, but not telling us how to um, coexist and grow together. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know if you listened to the beginning of the show, but I have totally hates my statement, but I said that, you know, I don't think I'm wife material because I see wife material sometimes being limited. You're limited to just others. Um, And I think I see marriage more of a partnership. Like a a partnership is being able to coexist and move with each other, knowing that if I'm always looking to make sure you're okay, and you're always looking to make sure I'm okay. But in, when you have businesses, sometimes when people are not into it, like you said, it's hard when they don't understand. If he doesn't understand your vision, if you don't understand his vision, if if he just wants you all to him and, you know, or vice versa, sometimes, you know, your woman don't want you out there doing this and doing that. You know, you have to be able to have that understanding, and I don't think it's enough books helping people to understand that process of being able to really come together as one. Did that make sense, y'all? I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense because I was 36 when I got married. Um, I've only been married for, it'll be five years on July 31st. And the main reason why I feel like I couldn't get married prior to my husband is Men questioning my ambition. You know, oh. even though I wasn't, and I don't even know why they were questioning it, because back then, y'all, when I say I wasn't taking any action towards, you know, I really wasn't. It was just talk. But I guess um, sometimes people see more in you than what you see in yourselves, and I guess they could kind of see, well, she is going places. And so I would always have uh, boyfriends or even guys that I was just dating, not even in a relationship with, to ask me, well, why do you want to do that? And why are you doing that? And a guy I was dating one time said, uh, if you pursue your business and teaching, well, where does that leave me? Mind you, he had a business, and um, he only worked with celebrity clientele. So, But I never questioned him and said, you know, you can't travel with this celebrity, that celebrity, don't go after this person, that person. 
And I wasn't even popping at the time. And he was already asking, well, well what's going to happen when you do this? And what's going to happen to me? And, and at that time, I was like, okay, if this is how it's going to be, I can't marry anybody because I don't want someone trying to uh, turn me down and, and ask me to not be ambitious. And, and so it took a long time to find somebody who not only was he was also ambitious, but then looked at me and said, oh, you want to pursue that? Oh, go ahead and pursue that. And here, I'm going to put you in a situation that's going to make it easier for you to pursue that. I'm going to take some things off of your plate so that through that, some of these obstacles are removed and you can be successful. And you're right. It's rare. You don't find a lot of people who get it. I think um, All right, all right, all right Yeah (laughs) Absolutely And I think that also leads credence to to the fact that When it comes to marriage If you're not equally yoked You know, sometimes that, that it can off balance So I also feel that You knew that they weren't the ones for you Before you even talked about that, that extending the relationship to marriage. And I think that's the difference between a married relationship and just a, a, a coexisting relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And sure. I think there are a lot of times that, um, like she was saying, ambitious, if you're ambitious and the other one is not, you know, when people say, when people say equally yoked, a lot of people think it has to be just on one level. And, that's not true. I think it's all the way around equally yoked as far as the mm-hmm. life that you live, as far as I'm ambitious and you're not. Because if you're ambitious, it's going to be hard to find a man um, unless he understands your vision, unless he understands your ambition and he uh, he appreciates. You know what I'm saying? He appreciates those qualities in you because that, mm-hmm. helps him, that helps allow him to lead you. A lot of times people think right. because it's a man, he's just supposed to lead you, and that's not true. Just because he's a man, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's able to lead you because he has to be able to understand you. And if he doesn't appreciate those qualities inside of you, that's going to be a hard road to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a big now here on the chat, Doctor Blaze, we like to do something a little fun. We we normally do we normally do something a little bit different, but we're gonna do something different for you. Okay. Um, Tony, Tony always has some great questions. Um, just fun facts. We like to be able to show our listeners both sides of our um, guests that come on, just because it's that's part of the things that. It's part of the eye candy of a book. Um, the author itself, their vision, their ambition, their passion, why they do what they do, as well as their craft. So we always get these questions. T, I don't know where she gets them from. She just pulls them up out her head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost scared now. <laughs> but they are always soft to focus. So I'm excited to see what, what you got for you today. <laughs> All right. Don't be scared, I'm scared, Dr. Okay. 
don't don't be scared. I, I've been racking my brain. You know, I usually get them from listening to the interview and just you know just hearing the passion behind our guests. But tonight, I think I have a pretty good one. And first and foremost, you have so much on your plate and so much that you are involved in. We, Leisha and I, we really appreciate you spending some time with us tonight, as well as spending it with our listening audience. But tonight, because you have so much that you're involved in, you have your handprint on so many things. If you could trade places with any person for a week, famous or not, living or dead, real or fictional, that can help extend your cause, who would it be? Oh, okay. That could help (laughs) extend my cause, who would it be? And why? Mm. And why? Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so it would have. I would have to say, and this is my pretend best friend, uh, Candy Burris from Escape, um, okay. because she is a hometown Georgia peach, just like me. Mm-hmm. She has her hands in a lot of things, just like I do. Um, mm-hmm. She's not afraid to try something new. And she has a really good uh, business sense. And so if I could trade places with her and she could, like, get into my businesses, I'm sure she could shoot my profit margin super high Mm -hmm. (laughs) and put her genius on it. So, yeah, I I would love to trade places with Candy. (laughs) Oh, I like that. See, that question was made just for you. I'm glad it worked out. Not so bad. That Not was so a bad. good question too, T. That was a good question. But I liked her answer though. Like she mm-hmm. she was like, Look, I love I love it. Okay, so I have a question. Um we have our our second um black woman runner for president. What are your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. I honestly don't feel like I know enough to have a full opinion right now. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I just don't feel like I know enough right now to, to feel any kind of way. All of the information that I've received about her and her candidacy has been through social media. I think I learned about her a couple of years ago through social media. So I just haven't study enough, but I I will say this, um, until otherwise shown, I'm with her (laughs) until something, until I see something different. I do know that, but but I I can't really speak at length, you know? Mm -hmm. That's fair enough because you want to be, you want to know. Yeah, that's definitely fair enough. I do, but honey, if if you're talking about her running against what we already got, then I pretty much don't need to know anything else. So I'm gonna be with her until I know further. <laughs> until further, notice. I know that's I'm right. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We so appreciate you taking time out of your busy day and your busy schedule to come and kick it with us in the chat room. You know that you are welcome here anytime, as well as all of your authors. Well, I certainly appreciate y'all for having me. This was so much fun. (laughs) We thank you. (laughs) 
So we, we want, want you to, to shout, shout out, out all of you. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Steve. No, we were always on the same mind, Alicia and I, but we want you to shout out your I social know. media handles so our listeners can follow you and, and just uh, let them know where they can uh, pick up the books and anything else that you'd like them to know about you. All as right. Well as so, when your radio uh, show is on. Don't forget to talk about the oh, radio okay. show. Okay. Um, on social media, I am Marquita Smith Blades, no hyphen. Also, the Daquita Blades show is where people can um, follow the page. They can also view past episodes of the show. The show airs live every first and third Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Status Network. And then we also broadcast through my Facebook page as well. Um, All of my books can be purchased on my website, drmarquitablades.com. I am Dr. Marquita Blades on Instagram and Dr. M. Blades on Twitter. That's that Brandon. I know that's right. Okay. Absolutely. Y'all so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Now, make sure I get over there and follow you. You got folks at the Sweet Mama 66 over here, Hot Mama 77 over here, Mrs. (laughs) over here. Like, they're not consistent with their branding. It's all over the place. So we love it when somebody is branding consistently across the board. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just because I'm not, I can't come up with creative names like that. That's all it is. If I had been creative enough, I would have been all kind of stuff on social media, too. <laughs> we love it. We love it. We so appreciate you. So we want you to have a good night, and we will see you soon because we want you to come back when you got that other, when you and the husband, we want you all to come back when you all bring that um. New York Times bestseller book out. We want y'all to come back. So oh, have you better, you better speak that, that, and we will be happy <laughs> to. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks, y'all. Y'all have a good night. Okay, you too, you Dr. Too. Babe. Thank you. I love it, Alicia. I love good. her um, energy and just her all-over aura. Yes. And it was just fun. You know, it's fun to be able to sit down and and mesh and talk with our guests and be able to just have them introduce us to their world. Like, she has such a Mm -hmm. phenomenal um, platform that she is creating for herself. Um, Her and her husband were working the partnership that they have together, um, I -hmm. think, is a a great example. Um, And I just love it. I just love it. And the, her grind, just her grind. Mm-hmm. I always say, want not, grind not. I'm just saying, if you if you don't want to grind, then you don't want it. And she definitely like, I want it. And let me tell you, when she broke down, she was going to be abroad. And by 2020, she she like, look, yep, this is what I want to do. And we're going to do it. And we're doing it together. You know what I'm saying? We, we understand right. that this process is me and you. I love it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Partnership. Well, we want to thank y'all for tuning in to Let's Chat. I'm Miss Felicia. You know I got my right hand, and most of the time she is my left. The fabulous Miss Tony. We are talking that talk today about just the way you are. We just had the fabulous author, radio host, 
Dr. Marquita Smith-Blaze. If you've missed her interview, no worries. Just go on over to our archives and check them out here at blogtalk.com as well as on iTunes and or any podcast app. Um, we go where you go here on Let's Chat. We got our next fabulous guest, the fabulous Kimberly Isis Thomas. Welcome. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Thanks so much for joining us in the chat room tonight. No problem. What's going on? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay, so you got to let us know what you've been having going on in your creative kitchen since the last time you was in the chat room. Oh, wow. Um, You know, a lot has been going on, actually. Um, I just recently hosted my third annual uh, Her Story Brunch, and the Her Story Brunch is an event that in which I give women the opportunity to come together and learn the power of their own stories. Um, I am a lover of stories. I believe that every woman's story has power. Um, we've been kind of trained not to share our stories, especially when it's a, a story of trauma or um, just a lot of of the obstacles that we have to face. We don't like to share that. We like to share the highlight reel. Um, but so the event was basically created to show people that it's the fullness of your story that is um, important and powerful. Uh, people love to hear about you reaching the mountaintop, but they also need to hear about what happened um, and on the struggle going up. So that's what the Her Story Brunch is about, and it was sold out. It was amazing. Um, We had a great time um, at that event, and the ladies learned so much. They were able to share. They were able to just really be empowered by another woman's story and see uh, firsthand the power of sharing your story. So we just completed Mm -hmm. that. Um, Other brunches coming up this year. I have the Go Black Chick podcast that I do once a month. Um, it's just a lot of things have been going on lately, and I'm just um, I'm excited for 2019 because it's just really um, going extra hard or continuation of just empowering women to uh, see the strength that they have in themselves. So that's always going to be my mission, and I continue to do that and collaborate with women like yourselves. They're doing great things. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. How about you guys? How's your 2019 shaping up? <laughs> oh, you know, this this is Tony, Kimberly. You know, it, it all kind of starts to roll. And like you said, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, and mm-hmm. I'm, she, Alicia and I are so thankful for the, for the platform that we have and for right. the special guests such as yourself that come and spend their time with us. But I want to share with our listening audience, you know, um, some things you just shared with us. A lot of people say that we as women can't come together and, and be successful. When you first right. started this journey, um, how what was the feedback, you know, about sharing the highs and the lows and in-betweens? How well-received was that when you first started? Um, when I first started, I think everyone enjoyed the transparency of it. Um, Mm -hmm. I just recently did a talk about being transparent and and collaborating uh, out in New Orleans. And one of the things I mentioned is that 
you know, just with marketing any kind of business, uh, if you notice any trends, there's always a trend. There's an ebb and flow with the things that people like to discuss. So, um, of course, we had the whole reality show type, gossiping type trend that was going, and then we have mm-hmm. um, kind of that peaked out about five years ago, and so now you're going into the motivation and empowerment um, that is reaching its peak, um, and then now you're we we are declining or heading over to the whole transparency thing. So sadly, transparency is becoming a trend, and <laughs> it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? Because people can be fake with their transparency um, mm-hmm. because they feel like it is something that people want, but people have gravitated because it was something that folks weren't doing. So when I started, right. it was something that a lot of people gravitated to because they were like, man, finally somebody's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I continue that, that message and that mission of transparency because I humbly, truly believe that transparency is the best thing. That is the key to happiness, to abundant living, to freedom is transparency. Mm-hmm. And so Uh that is what I will continue to do. But there is also, it is now a trend, which, you know, I have to clap for. And at the same time, I'm like, oh, what's getting ready to happen, you know. Uh (laughs) So it's a (laughs) double-edged sword. But um, I'm I'm happy that people are being more transparent. So, yeah. Uh And and like you said, it is, this is still Tony. I'm sorry. We got to try to let you know who, which one you're talking to. Because we sound so much alike. But also with that transparency, you know, you need that authenticity because a lot of people right. shy away from reality because they feel that it's not real, that they feel it is just, you know, it's just staged. And so with that transparency, the true transparency, uh, be it trend or not, I think people find more satisfaction and more relatability Definitely. to, you know, whatever given situation. Um, what's your take on that? Um, that's another thing I talked about. I, I, I agree with mm-hmm. you. I believe that authenticity will always shine through. And mm-hmm. um, one of the, the the quotes that I gave the group out there in New Orleans was that action speaks to who a person is and what they believe in. So, oh, you yeah, better talk it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can come out and you can say that you're being transparent, but what we see, the true action, will tell mm-hmm. us who you are and what you believe in. And that is what people gravitate to. That is authenticity. That's something you cannot Mm -hmm. duplicate. It's not something Mm -hmm. you can package. Authenticity is what it is. And so, yeah, um, people are gravitating to that definitely. And I I love that. I love that people are okay being themselves. Um, That's Mm -hmm. why I created the Dope Black Chick podcast. I created a podcast to simply show people that everything about you is dope. Dope does mm-hmm. not come in a box. You know what I'm saying? Dopeness <laughs> is who you are. So just be right. that, and you are dope, you know. And I, I love that people are beginning to celebrate themselves and, and not feel like they need to in a category or a genre, that they can just be themselves, and that's dope enough, you know. So um, mm-hmm. authenticity is everything. Girl, you better keep it real. This is still Tony. I I love I love what you're sharing with us, Kimberly. And um, with all the transparency and the dopeness, and how much growth have you seen as a as a team? Can you speak on the growth that you guys experienced? 
uh, within my own personal team, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> you know, um, it, it's when I said earlier about the freedom of being transparent, of saying what is really happening in your life, um, that is really true freedom. That is what we're talking about when we say we want to live an abundant life. When you're really free to just be who you are, you will see that you're constantly evolving every day. So growth is happening every moment. Matter of fact, Mm -hmm. with me, I learn a lesson in every day, in every experience, Mm -hmm. every encounter. I am constantly learning something, and I love knowledge. I love So for me, growth is happening so exponentially that, um, it's something that I welcome. It's something that I'm looking mm. for. I'm looking for that next experience, some, that, that next opportunity to learn something. Um, who can I learn it from? What are they going to teach me? What is this experience going to teach me? Even if it's a high, high experience or a low experience, like what is it going to teach me? I'm so zealous for the experience of learning that, um, yeah, like I don't even have an end point anymore for my life. You know, mm-hmm. we grow up thinking by 21, I'm going to do this. By 30, I'm going to do that. By 40, I'm going to do this. I don't even have that anymore. I don't care. I just feel like a a, a long a little child. And <laughs> there's no end point for me. I'm going to constantly learn stuff throughout this whole journey because my journey has been so crazy and unpredictable <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because I've always chased after everything that I wanted and chased after everything that I was passionate about, and it's led me on such a, a wild path um, that I would not trade for the world. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm constantly growing. I'm always growing. And the growth, when you do get that, when everything clicks, when it clicks that, you know, being authentic and being transparent about where you are in life and who you are in life, your growth, it, it it's crazy. I, that's all I can say. It's crazy. Like you grow so much daily because uh-huh. of that. You plant that one seed and you just grow like wildfire. Mhm. Girl, I love your passion. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's it's so very true. So, what growth have you seen in yourself from the first time that you stepped out uh, and decided to take this journey to now? Oh, okay. That's a good question because there's been a lot of things that I've learned, but one of the biggest things that stands out to me uh, is two things. Well, the number one thing is control. I gave up control. Like, I am a control freak. And, <laughs> um, you know, always wanting to be in control of my life is a blessing, but it's also a curse. Um, it's a blessing because I empower myself in the fact that I am in control of my destiny. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, for me, it's a choice to be happy or not. So mm-hmm. I understand that I have the control to be happy or not. And I deal with that in a way of I set up my life to be happy every day, regardless of what the situation or circumstance may be. I set up myself to be happy. So I'm going to have a happy day regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. that's the control that I have, but I also have learned that the control that I have is allowed control. It's allowed control mm-hmm. because our life, our pathway 
has been set up and orchestrated for us to win. However, you can only win when you relinquish your control. So, yeah, yeah. So that is like the number one thing that I have learned. You know, God is God. Our Creator is a gentleman. <laughs> if you think it's a guy, it's a gentleman. If you think it's a woman, it's a, a great dope chick. And <laughs> our Creator <laughs> uh, gives us this little gift called free will. So, although mm-hmm. our path to winning is there, um, we're not forced down that path. We have the right to decide if we want to go down that path or not, and that's called free will. However, when you relinquish that free will and start listening to your spiritual guides along the way, you get on the path to win, and you win in life. Like, it's, it's, it's a dope concept um, that I, I've learned about life, and it's made things so much easier. It's like I can't lose. When I'm on the path, you know, you just can't lose. So I've had this whole motivation of no fear. I don't fear anything anymore because I can't lose. Everything is set up for me to win. Even when it looks like I'm failing, it's still set up for me to win. So, you know, you I'm just talk fearless. About it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you talk about it. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. You better yeah. talking about this. You know, I don't know if you listened to the beginning of the show, um, but we were talking about how so often I think because of our wiring as as mm-hmm. growing up as women, I think that once you get to a certain age, you start rewiring and mm-hmm. rethinking a lot of different things. And in society, it's so many times that we're doing stuff just because. Not yep. just because we've got a reason, but because this is what we're supposed to do. Or because we see what other people are doing, and it's like, ooh, I want to do that, but you don't know what was happening in between that you're doing it just because. People think, oh, mm-hmm. I'm about to have a baby because I'm supposed to have kids. You are meant to recreate. But does that mean that you got to have kids with everybody? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. We, we, not, we just doing stuff. I, oh, I want to get married. Uh, God says we are not supposed to be alone. That don't mean that you're supposed to marry anybody. And even exactly. in marriage, a lot of times there is growth. And mm-hmm. when you grow, a lot of times that's a reset period. And sometimes a relationship does not go past that reset period because people right. grow apart, and it's not that it's a bad thing. It's okay. But I think mm-hmm. that we, mm-hmm. we are wired so differently that, you know, the woman is not supposed to be selfish. She's supposed to give to her husband, give to her kids, give to this person, give to that person, and not think about herself and right. not take care of herself. That so often we think being selfish is being a bad person. When being right, selfish right. is part of some care. Yes, it is, girl. That is my, girl, what you been in one of my workshops? That is what I always tell people. I'm like, selfishness is self-care. Let me tell you something. Um, I agree with all of that. I agree with all of that. I tell uh, my my clients, I, I started coaching now. I'm actually an empowerment coach. I don't like to call myself a coach, though, because I don't believe you can tell anybody how to live their life but I can help you take the easy road. (laughs) 
So um, guide a more like a, a accountability partner or empowerment guide, uh-huh. you know? Um, right. But I tell them all the time, like I say, you know, unlearn everything. Unlearn everything. That is the number one thing you should do. Like when you get started uh, with me in a coaching session, that's the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is unlearn everything um, because we we let society kind of dictate what we're going to do in our life. And like you said, it's, we, we're doing it because it's always been done that way. And we don't even think about it anymore. And, um, you know, as kids, kids always say, why? And then you get to a certain age, you stop asking why. We just do stuff. And that's dumb. Like, that's the dumbest thing ever. Like, I told my mom that um, when I was 35 years old, when the first time I ever smoked some weed. And... I tried it because I wanted to know why people are so against it. And so I told her, and she's like, she almost lost her mind. I was like, yeah, Mama, I tried um, some weed. And she was like, what is wrong with you? Like, of all people, I would never think you would do it. I said, well, I tried it because I needed to know why people are against it. You know what I'm saying? So I told her, I said, well, I tried it. And it was actually awesome. And, um, you know, it, I was the most relaxed I've ever been, and my mind was clear, and I think it's a great tool for people who need that. But I don't need it, but I think it's a great tool. But now I know that I don't need it. You know what I'm saying? So we still have to have this mindset of asking the wise. We have to find out things for ourselves and firsthand um, instead of just going with the flow because the thing is you end up miserable when you do not follow your own true path. Everything that uh, we're searching for is so easily available, um, but the human experience makes it difficult to to capture, if that makes any sense. Like, we put so many huh? obstacles in our own way, you know, and, and what we want is right there. Like, <laughs> it's so crazy. We will beat ourselves up, like even like you said about um about marriage and stuff. Like we'll beat ourselves up thinking that we're supposed to get married because we're supposed to get married. And so you end up with someone that you're not supposed to be with, and now you have to struggle through this relationship. And nine times out of ten, some people don't want to get a divorce because they've been told that you're not supposed to get a divorce. So you'll stay there another nine more years. Twenty years of your life have gone by. Now you just really had it up to here, and you leave, and you probably walked away from the church because the church told you to stay. Now you're mad at that. And then it'll be another 10, 15 years after that before all of it clicks, and you say, you know what? God ain't never want me there to begin with. I ain't have to do that. So you wasted 35 years of your life because the answer was right there in front of you the whole time, but the world kept telling you that you're supposed to do this, this, and that. So what we want is right there, and it's easily attainable, but the human experience sets it up to make it so difficult to get to. Um, And I'll sum it up for people who may be wondering, okay, how do you get to that point where it's so easily attainable? This is something that was taught to me years ago. Um, I want to say it's been now maybe 17 years ago. But I had a pastor that told me this one thing, 
And once he told it to me, it made all the sense in the world and everything else seemed easy. Um, basically, he said, if you learn the character of God, then everything else falls into place. And so I, I took hold of what he was saying. And basically, he, and he told us this at a Bible study, which was so funny. And it was the first time I ever, you know, um, visited this church. But basically, he was saying, you don't have to know scripture verbatim. You don't have to know, you know, you don't have to know the laws and the commandments. Because if you learn the character of the God that you serve, everything else will fall into place. It's just like a relationship with someone you're in love with. When you know that person that you're in love with, you won't do anything to upset that person. You know, they don't have to give you rules on how to respect them. You just respect them. You see what I'm saying? And so life becomes so much easier when you understand the character of God because God is not concerned about some of the foolish things us humans are concerned about. It's, it makes things so much easier when we just understand the character of God. And then, like, you can just go through life and make these decisions um, without worrying so much, am I making the right decision? Am I not making the right decision? Because you'll understand, let me relinquish control, and then the spirit will lead me to the right decision. Easy. Absolutely. I'm so glad you spoke on that because a lot of times we ask other people why, but you never ask yourself why. I think I'll... Mm -hmm. 2018 and 2019, I started asking myself why. Like, if I'm mad, why are you mad? If you're you're upset, why are you upset? If if you're about to go and bust out somebody's windows, why? Why exactly? In the words of of Ayana, you got to call a thing a thing. You have to know exactly why. And you have to be able to understand why you're doing something because if you don't know why you're doing it and you make an emotional moves, you end up making the wrong moves. Everything, right. when you find out why you're doing something, some stuff you'll be talking yourself out of because of the why itself. Like, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I want to do it or am I doing this because um, I'm, I'm emotionally acting out, or am I doing this because this is something that is going to make me happy or start to make me happy? Because I think that we equate our happiness with other people so much that we don't know how to make mm-hmm. ourselves happy. There you go. There you go. She's in my workshop. She obviously been in my workshop for some reason. <laughs> but <laughs> that's one of my now, workshops. You know, what the power of why, you know, you know and, and the power of why. Now, say that again. Uh, for something to resonate in you, God has to put it in your spirit first. Like, can't nobody tell you something that He hasn't already put in your spirit? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, it, it, it has to already be there. And I think we just get so wrapped up in other people telling us that this is what it is. And, child, you better stop that. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, like I was saying, I have a, a workshop called The Power of Why, and it talks about using why to answer things. And I think that why is the best word to use. Uh, why and what are two of my favorite words. But why always gets you to the to the root of an issue. And if you ask yourself why enough, 
you'll realize, like, why am I mad at her? Why did what she say made me upset? Okay, well, that's a personal issue. It has nothing to do with her. <laughs> okay. and so before you go off on old girl, now you're checking yourself because you realize, like, it's a personal issue. I'm I'm feeling convicted or uh, offended because of ways that I feel about myself. It has nothing to do with that woman. So you begin to have those kind of thoughts when you use why. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you. You ask yourself why. We need to get back to that. Uh, just asking why in all kinds of circumstances when it comes to somebody telling you uh, that you should do something a certain way, ask yourself why. Uh-huh. Why should I do it this way? Why do they think I should do it this way? And, and you know, right. um, I, when I go to speak at, at high schools, I tell the students at the high school, I'm like, you got to understand that your parents are telling you to go to college and get this degree for a certain reason. The reason that they're saying that is because they want what's best for you, but in their mindset or the, the generation that they came up in, maybe the best for you was becoming a doctor or, you know, working at a hospital. But things have changed in those 20 years, you know, or 18 years. So now you have to think for yourself what what works for me. So a lot of times, you know, people aren't saying things or or telling you to go a certain way because they want to be mean um, about it. Really, it boils down to their mindset and their way of thinking. So once you get clear on I don't have to go by what everyone says and you figure out why you want the path that you want, then you can walk that path confidently and you won't feel so, um, you know, pushed or forced to just go with the status quo. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's funny you said that because I I was on uh, Facebook earlier and uh, I saw this post and it just, it kind of disturbed me, but it's like we, we are not paying attention. So a young lady was commenting, I guess, about uh, her relationship and I guess her man must be dating somebody else. And so she, you know, she was like, well, you know, because I'm going to talk to her, and da, 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 and I'm thinking to myself, why? Right. This is the thing that frustrates me. You wanting to talk to or or having conversations with another female, first of all, we all know that salt even looks like sugar. And if mm-hmm. you approach a female about your relationship, like you trying to give her a warning, that tells her, one, it ain't all what it, you trying to make it seem like, or you wouldn't be speaking it to me. And two, you probably are confirming anything that he's told her if he has lied. You see what I'm saying? Right. So approaching her right. is not, not what you do. And then, because this is the thing about when you're in a relationship, can't nobody open a closed door. That door has to right. be opened and or it may not ever have been closed. And I think that we get in relationships and we get not even just relationships with the opposite sex, with our friends. And we Mm -hmm. get like this, 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 all of a sudden we have ownership of these people. And you do not. You absolutely do not own anything somebody else does is what they want to do. Only thing that you can do is tighten up your end. You can't control exactly, nothing, but I think that we have this ego, which I, I believe that's what it is. That's ego that tells us that you are 
my man, you are my best friend, you are, you know what I'm saying, like mine, 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 mm-hmm. and and that's not realistic. Right. Um, you know, it's like failure to be accountable. We're not accountable. That's that's a lot of women just aren't accountable for our own actions. Um, accountability is not something that's taught. Um, we always put situations or consequences on someone else, and so it's easy to deflect and put that, um, you know, the consequence or how this happened to me you know, on someone else or some situation or circumstance. And we just have to get to a place of being accountable for our own actions. When I was going through my divorce, um, which I talk about in my book, uh, when I was going through my divorce, that was one of the biggest things I had to do is, like, be accountable. I thought my husband, my ex was a a monster. I thought he was, like, a a monster because everything that was happening was crazy to me. And when I got accountable, and ask myself, like, did this person force you to say yes when they asked you to marry them? Yes or no? And he didn't. Did I not see the signs prior to marrying this person? Yes. Did you still right. say yes? Yes. Did you not want to get married? No. Like, all of this stuff, like, all the answers were, like, it was on me. Nobody forced me to be married to this guy and I saw all the signs and I saw this stuff and I still said yes so I can't put it all on him but what I can do is get out of this marriage and so I did that but accountability made it easy because then I was like you know what he's not the monster that I thought he was you know and I was like you know what this just isn't working for us we just need to go our separate ways and we did that, you know, and I was able to heal from it. I wasn't upset anymore. I wasn't bitter anymore. I was like, okay, that was just a phase of my life that I went through, I experienced, and I learned from. So now I'm going to come out being better. You know, I know what to look for next time. I know when to speak up for myself. And I'll be honest with you, like back to what you were saying um, earlier, I honestly got married because that is what I expected the rest of the world to say I'm supposed to do. You know, you get a certain age, you I had already graduated, you know, I had the money, I had the job. So at this point, what's next? What's supposed to be next is supposed to be your marriage and your kids. So I did it. That's the reason that I did it. But I did not want to get married. So... You know, I let society force me into a marriage that I was not ready for. So, you know, like I learned so much after this whole experience. It opened me up to understanding that life is on my terms and that I have to speak up for myself, even if it's against the status quo, be a rebel. Like, be a rebel is my mantra. Like, I, I, I want to be the rebel. I always want to question stuff. So be the rebel. Like, uh, so, so, yeah, that's what that experience taught me. Um, and so I don't, I don't take it back. I don't wish it never happened or anything like that because I feel like I became a stronger individual after that experience. <laughs> nice. That was Absolutely true. You better come through with the truth. (laughs) Well, you know, here on Let's Chat, we 
always like to do something a little fun. We like to be able to show all aspects of our guests. And, you know, T always has these great questions. So I'm excited to see what <laughs> questions she has for you today. Hey. Okay. <laughs> well, Kimberly, first and foremost, thank you so much. Uh, you have so many different layers to you, girl. We we need like a whole show just just to start going through each layer that you present to us, and they're all fabulous, I might add. But um, thank we you. thank you for sharing those layers with us. But um, <laughs> because you have so much going on, if you could trade places with any person for a week, famous or not, living or dead, real or fictional that can help extend your cause, who would it be and why? Oprah, hands down. Oh, <laughs> she didn't even have to think about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I don't have to think about that. If I'm trading places with somebody, I'm definitely trading up. And, <laughs> and how would she help your cause? Share with us how she can help your, your, your cause, your vision. She's definitely in line with my vision because she's one of my role models. Um, she seeing a black face on screen mm-hmm. when growing up, that was the reason that I do what I do today. Like mm. she was a person that had a platform and she showed me the power of a platform. She showed me the importance of speaking your mind and speaking your truth and never wavering to trends. Like there was so much that that woman taught me. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I would definitely uh, switch places with her, and she would, uh, of course, follow my uh, expand my cause, like you said, um, because we have the, our our cause is in line with itself. So um, she could definitely bring me all the exposure that I need to, uh, to 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 garnering more people into the movement of empowerment of oneself. Um, mm-hmm. And then also to the concept of life advice, because one day I'm gonna be sitting on so uh, what is it, super soul conversations talking to her about the concept of life advice. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I definitely Oprah all the way. <laughs> you better speak it into existence, girl. <laughs> yes, honey, that's gonna happen. <laughs> you better Absolutely. That I know that's right. Put it on out there. <laughs> Well, we so appreciate you coming to keep it with us in the chat room on today. We want you to shout out all your social media, uh, any events that you have coming up, and where everybody can get your book. All right, cool. So you can find me on social media at I Hear That Girl um, on all social media. My personal speaker page is at Isis underscore Thomas. But if you just look for I Hear That Girl, you'll find me through there, too. Um, I Hear That Girl on all social media um, platforms. And then, of course, you can visit our website, which is IHearThatGirl.com for all upcoming events. Join our mailing list because we have so many dope things happening, um, and you don't want to miss anything. I got so many emails uh, this past uh, week about people saying, oh, how did I miss it? Okay, yeah. Don't miss it. I have a lot of events scheduled for the year, so you definitely want to make sure you sign up for the mailing list on IHearThatGirl.com. Um, the book is available there as well. We have a shop there. We got some dope T-shirts and all kinds of dope black chick stuff. You can also check out the podcast on the website. So the website is the home for all things ISIS. Go to IHearThatGirl.com. All right? And um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's everything for me. 
Awesome. <laughs> we love it. Well, you know, you are welcome back in the chat room anytime, anytime. Thank you. We appreciate you. you coming to share your time and your space and your energy with us. We always appreciate when you come through. We always have a good old time. And we won't let mm, you yes. away so long next time. Right, right. <laughs> we won't. We won't do that. So, yeah, I'll definitely be coming, circling back with you guys. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Absolutely. Enjoy the rest of your evening. All right. Peace and blessings. Same to you. Peace and blessings. Oh my God! This has been a great show. Absolutely, this has been a great show. We appreciate everybody that has come through to support us. Oh my God! This show has today was everything. Like it was really empowering. We talked about all elements um, and facets of women and life and love and just being as a person. Um, tomorrow mm-hmm. we have another dope show. We want you guys to come on out. We have um, two fabulous guests on tomorrow. And then now, y'all, now listen, y'all, we need y'all to go head on over to Spreaker and follow us because next Saturday we are doing our first Mind, Body, and Show, our Mind, Body, and Soul show on our Spreaker channel. Um, And we're going to actually be talking about women in media and the state of media and news. And uh, we have two fabulous guests. We actually have three fabulous guests um, that are going to be on, and they're going to talk that talk with us on next week. So we're excited. We want you guys to make sure that y'all go over to Spreaker, follow Let's Chat, follow us on our YouTube channel. We're going to start uploading our shows on our YouTube channel, um, as well as SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tumblr, Instagram, like like we are doing so many different things. Our website should be up and running soon. Um, I'm working on that. But we're excited. We have a lot of things that we want to do, a lot of things. Our T-shirts, uh, by the end of the year, we're going to have our T-shirts um, out and about. And so we're just really excited, and we appreciate you guys for always supporting us. And we will see you all mm-hmm. tomorrow. Have a great night. 